have to have this episode be as long as the other one. We kind of just free flow it. Um, and just go as long like, as we want. Yeah, like I wasn't, I wasn't thinking this was going to be another hour and yeah. I mean, whatever it is is what it is. No biggie either way. Well, ninety percent of the time is just us rambling about it anyway. Exactly, exactly. So it is what it is. Alrighty, <laughs> boys and girls, it's your boy Stephen with his buddy Cleveland. We are here, Limitless Otaku, episode sixteen. We're talking about Stormweaver, Iron Prince, part two. Part two. And we're gonna this one we're doing chapters six through eleven or yeah around there or you know yeah. whatever we just feel like cutting it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um but yeah, no, so I've been I've been digging more into it. I've been um jumping between the audiobook and the physical book, just okay. whenever I'm at work and you know, whatever I can listen to it, I try to. Yeah. Um I think I'm up to I think I'm up to chapter 16 or 17 right now. Okay, cool. I and haven't I haven't gotten a lot of time to do it. I was actually quite busy over the weekend. No, and, and to be fair, it's a it's a it's a tedious read. I don't mean that in like a bad way. I just mean like it's not really something you can like half read and like expect to fully understand what's going on. Like if you're gonna read it, you have to be like like you you have to have your mind in the place to like focus on, you know, the material you're reading. Yeah, and it's and it's very informative information. There's a lot of stuff being thrown at you and you definitely wanna like absorb as much of it as possible yeah so definitely the book whenever i sit down to read it like i i go into my game room and i like i like turn my lights to like because i have like smart lights so i turn them to like a nice like soft blue so it's not as hard yeah. on my eyes and like i just kind of nice like, chill vibe to it yeah and i just, and i put on my nice new HyperX uh headphones and just mm. listen to it and just you know do my thing um yeah HyperX. if you want to sponsor us that'd be great give me more stuff <laughs> um throwing that hash- plug Hashtag not sponsored. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, but other than before we get into the book and get back into the series, um, we always like to start our episodes off with a little bit of like what it, what we have been up to. So um, Cleveland, I'm going to pass it over to you. What have you been up to, sir? Arcane. Other than reading this art. Oh, Arcane. You finally watched it? I finally watched it. And oh, okay. my God, how, I'm blown away. How you much know, did you watch it? Like, how far are you in? I watched the whole thing, bro. Oh shit, dude! Why do I even ask that? I know you binge everything you get a moment, dude. <laughs> dude. It's like you know, you know when like, I, and we talked about this in a previous episode, but like you know how someone um like is constantly, or a lot of people are constantly telling you to watch something, and you know in your head you should probably watch it. You know you'd probably like it if you watch it, but for some reason you still like convince yourself not to watch it. That was me yeah. for the mm-hmm. longest for Arcane, and then finally I just said, you know what? I've read every fucking thing. I've watched everything. Literally, the only thing left is this arcane shit. So let me see what it's about. In the moment I was finished with the first episode, I was like internally like punching myself in the face. Like, why the fuck did it take me so long to get into this? Because it was mind blowingly good. Yeah, no, like from the moment I started watching it and like just the music alone got pulled me in. Oh, yeah, that that was my thing. I loved the music. I think after I watched the first episode, I immediately went to Spotify and downloaded it. And I um, love the, like, the vinyl aspect of it. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's like my favorite thing, too. Yeah, same here. Like that shit will never go out of style. I mean, technically it'll go out of style, but it, like it'll always remain classic in a sense. Oh, yeah. No, perfect. Um, my big thing is, though, is the art style of this of that show. Arcane mm-hmm. is so identical to the series Dishonored. Oh, which yeah, you mentioned out- that which came out a couple of years ago. Like there's one and two, and then there's a couple like spinoff games of it. And I wish that they would make um, a dishonored show in that same art style. Cause mm-hmm. Oh my God, it would be beautiful. It would be like, it would just, I think it would get a lot of traction just because of how popular that um, studio is. Yeah. And funny enough, I think the studio that makes that game is actually also called Arkan. Oh, really? I think. I think I'm not 100% sure on that. I want to double check that before I like get screamed at by everyone on the internet saying <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, Dude, but it yeah, must no, have been it, expensive as shit to produce that though. Oh, 100%. Like that is such a massive undertaking of a show. And I like, and I'd wonder like I wonder what like the boardroom meetings would be like. Not to like take us out of the creative space and more into like the business side of it, but like thinking about it like as like a and like I don't know I'm assuming this is like a Western studio maybe it's not but if it is like releasing any anime in America is risky just because it just doesn't have the same 
doesn't have the it doesn't have the same kind of appeal as it does in, you know, more like Eastern territories. Like you hear about fucking Japan, literally like their animes conquering their box office, like Jujutsu yeah, Kaisen and Demon like, Slayer, yeah. like literally own their box offices. Like it's very, it's a lot harder to get that with the U.S. So I always wonder like in the board meetings where they're like, yo, we got like a new show coming out on Netflix um, or we want it to be released on Netflix and it's going to be a shitload to make. Like, what point did like the the move like the the money movers and like the guys who like you know make the final decisions at what point were they like dude this project is fire it's worth all the money we're putting into it we know it's going to be a hit like i wonder if they ever had that in the process or was it always kind of like a crapshoot like maybe they'll love it maybe they'll fucking hate it let's just fucking do it well i think the big thing that probably pushed them to do it was the fact that it's all based off of um league of legends yeah which has its own cult following like people who just play league of legends and nothing else Mm -hmm. um like even watching this show has made me consider playing league of legends but then i realized i'd probably be destroyed at it and i would be called a noob and an idiot but um i think that was another big aspect of it was taking the characters that people know from those video games and and bringing it to an actual platform where they could tell the full tale and the story of each character. Yeah. I think was for some of them was probably a no brainer, but some other people, they probably had to really kind of twist their arm to make them see the, see the light at that point. Right. I think Silicon was one of them who isn't in the original league of legends. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure on all the different characters. Man, that dude is, that dude is, Oh my God. I, I, I told you about this earlier, Steven. Like I fell in love with this dude. When they first introduced him, I thought he was just going to be like, uh, just like another boring, like one dimensional villain. He'll probably be killed off after like the third or fourth episode. But when he had that confrontation with Vander, when he gives like that epic speech where he's like, we had a vision, Vanda, a dream oh, yeah. of freedom, like the nation of Zon. Like when he went on that like tangent, I was like, dude, this motherfucker is legit. Like, Yeah, it's like one of those guys who's like so crazy that if you actually like listen to his ideals, you're like. I agree with you, but the avenue in which you're taking, I don't agree with. <laughs> exactly, dude. And that's what it was with him is like from that moment on, I was like, OK, I know he's a villain. But as weird as it sounds, I know his heart is in the right place. He's just he's just like gotten past the point of caring to where like he's he'll do whatever he needs to to accomplish his goals. Like he's he's done yeah. with the part of like trying to stay above board while accomplishing his goals he understands like if i need to get shit done it's not going to be pretty and i don't give a fuck i'm gonna do whatever i need to do to get it done yep exactly because he wants to he had his own his own agenda but um and just yeah, his no, speeches I actually, dude oh his his rants were amazing and just how like it made everyone in the room uncomfortable yeah like, like everyone when were... would like knew he was like this like kind of like mentally twisted character yeah and he will do anything to achieve his goal and like if you cross him he will not hesitate to to take you out like if you're if you're in his way he will he will clear you from his path in any way possible dude like the scene when he like brought out the gas mask <laughs> like he brought out the gas and he's like oh, he's like you've forgotten what the air feels like i'm like yeah, oh fuck. he's like and like he's just sitting there staring at the dude like choking on this air that he grew up in mm-hmm. and he's like isn't it's like you he, i think he said something he's like i can't believe how weak you've become with so much power or something like yeah. that it's just like oh, a phenomenal so good, moment dude. of just him asserting his power over him like that and just being like now you know who's actually in charge of this dude and even the one scene i thought it was such an excellent um it was just like so masterfully executed the scene when um like they're trying to like kill him again like these fucking idiots they didn't learn their lesson the first time but like the second time they try to kill him again like they corner him in like his room or whatever and his his uh number one subordinate is behind him and it seems like she's gonna stab him and yep. then when she slices the other dude's head off instead, when you look at Silcon's face, he's actually shocked. Like he really yeah, thought no, for a chance she might have killed him. Yeah, no, he he definitely felt like for a minute that things were actually going to go badly for him. Yeah, because he just felt the tension in the room, and he was just like, "Oh, this is not this is this is this is the end of me." Like I I I'm gonna do my like last speech to see if I can convince these people not to do it. But you know, he'll never know. But in, in the crazy and what I thought with that you know, kind of went without saying, and it's probably something they probably will never admit, but at least for me watching it, 
in those later episodes when he is like when they're getting closer and closer to turning on him and you can kind of tell his life is a little bit more in jeopardy than it was before and he realizes this when you see the look of like desperation and like fear in his in his face it's not out of like concern for him you can tell it's like i finally now have someone that i consider my own child and if i go what's going to happen to them yeah exactly and like speaking of that child jinx was my favorite character oh, in I the love entire her. series love her. like she like it just shows what happens if you grow up around this person mm-hmm. and also have your own baggage that you're dealing with mentally yeah and how much is uh, with as much as she had and if you don't manage it and take care of it you can see how much it can corrupt your way of looking at the world mm-hmm. and how to like actually how you can also be manipulated at the same time but yeah no i thought i thought that entire series was amazing and i cannot wait for the next season to come out seriously i mean i just what happened to silicone at the end man i, I just uh, oh, i'm still not was, over it yeah no you're gonna need like at least a good like week or two to get over that i gotta like, tell that, you for in terms me of, i was i was choking up at that point too. in terms of anime villains like for season one like because you know the season one villains are often not like the biggest or the baddest but like as a season one anime villain, he is one of the best I've seen in a very long time. And like oh, recent yeah. memory that I can think of, like the ones that I would say that are better than him are ones where it's like they last way longer than season one. But for a season one only villain, he's as good as it gets. Oh, yeah. No, like I just like from beginning to end, like I would I would love like an entire like just like mini series of his backstory. Yeah, and to see what happened between him and Vander that like caused oh, the rift. Yeah. So like it's just there's just so much in that world. And like this is where it brings me back to like if I played League of Legends, would I learn any more from this? Yeah, this is and, like point. part part of me doubts it because I think I don't really know the main core of the game, but like it just it, it's like tempting enough to be like, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. Nah, maybe not. Nah, maybe I will. Yeah, nah, maybe not. It's like it's like I keep going back and forth on it. Um, but other than uh, other than Arcane, what have, or uh, what else have you been up to? Um, I started uh, a new story called Duke Pendragon. Um, Ooh. It's a it's a manhwa and a light novel. Um, I'm caught up with the manhwa, so now I'm reading the light novel. Um, it, it's essentially about um, someone who was an illegitimate son of like a, a knight of like a royal house. And uh, his family gets framed. Uh, his parents, like his dad and his brother get framed. And so like they get murdered in front of him. And the only way that he gets out of it is they give him a choice. They say like, we can execute you right now for like the treason, which is bullshit. It wasn't actually treason. They were framed, but they're like, you can get out of it. Like we can just kill you now, or you can serve. uh, I think it's like 10 years in what they call the demonic army, which is like, like hell on earth. Like literally just like the worst um, army corps. Like you can possibly join because like they're literally fighting monsters every day. So it's, it's a dangerous job and most people wouldn't survive 10 years, but he ends up surviving 10 years. And on his last day, like the day where it's like, you're going to get your freedom after this, he ends up getting set up again. Uh, but this time when he gets set up, it's not just him. It's him and it, what appears to be a Lord from like one of the, the strongest noble families, which is the Pendragon family. And I won't go into too many details, but basically some weird fucked up shit happens where like he gets reincarnated into the body of the Pendragon son who was also being framed with him. Um, And the Pendragon son was like really weak, really wimpy. He like wasn't going to be a good Lord. Um, And so the, because of like the weakness of that leader um, and the duchy, uh, which is like the Pendragon duchy, like, not having a strong leader their power started to decline over the years and so like they have all these enemies you know trying to take advantage of it and shit and so when he gets reincarnated this is pretty much like an ultimate soldier all and he has regeneration abilities too (laughs) so he's kind of like an immortal so like this badass soldier who's been in the meanest toughest army for the past 10 years and has somehow survived has now been reincarnated into the head of the Pendragon's family's body so oh, like, all the all the wealth and power in the world 
with the actual skill set to get shit done now. So you can only you can just imagine what type of OP character this dude becomes. Damn, dude, that one sounds sick. And, yeah, what's and, it called again? He, and he has this um bond with a dragon called Soul Drake, which is how the Pen Dragon mainly get their power. And the previous Pen Dragon, like before he reincarnated into his body, he was too weak. He couldn't form a bond with Soul Drake, which is why the Pen Dragon family started to lose so much of their power because a lot of their power came from the dragon. And so when he couldn't form a bond with the dragon because he was too weak, it made them even weaker. So our new main character who reincarnates into his body, he forms the bond with the dragon and they have something that's called like a soul companionship, which is like a really cool topic they explore because it's deeper than love. It's deeper than friendship. It's literally like the companion of your soul. So it's like regardless of like your, your, your parents, your siblings, your significant others, even your children, like no one will ever be closer than you, closer to you than your soul companion. So it's like a really cool thing where he's like exploring relationships and family dynamics all the while us, the reader, know like regardless of what happens in his life, there will be no existence that this character holds closer or more dear to him than his soul companion, which is his dragon soul Drake. So like now it's kind of just taking us through like their adventures and figuring shit out that way. Gotcha. And then what what was the title of that one again? Duke Pendragon. Duke Pendragon. That's a cool name. Yeah. And then the only other thing I'll give a brief shout out to is I recently just started um, that new Netflix mystery series. Uh, it's called uh, Fuck. What's the name of it? It's, it's going to bug me. It, it's something 81. Uh, oh, I've heard of it. Like I've heard it in other shows I've watched. Um, um, I got to look it up because this is going to bug me. Uh, Archive 81. That's what it's called. And, dude, it has been trippy. I've only watched the first two episodes so far, and it's fucking trippy, dude. I, I won't even go into spoilers. Just anyone who's looking for a good, like, modern-day murder mystery that's, like, really new, hit this up. Because this shit is mind-blowing. I'll definitely have to I'll have to check out both of those. Those don't, Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard Archive 81, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, but, it, um... it's freaky, dude. It's, like, this guy who has... He's, like, his his job is to take burned like uh cassettes like oh you know old vh1 or vhs like cassettes and shit yeah he, he restores them to their previous version so that in modern like in today's like world like you could still watch it if you wanted to and so he oh, okay. gets hired by like this really shady dude to restore like an entire like mansion worth of worth of like old cassettes that burned down in an old apartment fire and as he's like re as he's bringing them back to their former form and like listening and watching like all this shit, he's finding like this mystery unfold that involves like um, the person who originally took the, all the recordings in the nineties, it follows her and her journey. And she uncovers like a secret demonic cult. Oh, sweet. Oh yeah. That, I had to tell you that part, Steven, cause I know how you are with scary movies. So yeah. Mm hmm. That sounds that sounds like fun. That's what I watch during the daytime when the <laughs> ghosts can't get me. Um, I'm not going to lie. Even I've watched it during the day because I tried to watch it at night the other day. And I was just like, I mean, I could watch it, but it'd be a lot easier if I wasn't alone. <laughs> exactly. That's when you hold your cat close to you and say, protect me from the demons. Um, nah, my cat would be like, bro, who the fuck you holding like that? Get the fuck off me. <laughs> <laughs> get away from me. I don't like you. Um, it's kind of like what my cat's like. Um, unless my cat is cold, then he'll come cuddle with me. And I'll be like, no, you don't get to be nice to me now that you're cold. <laughs> but um, Steven, what have you been kind of? getting into so my big thing so i've been i've been going into um iron prince more um i've also been slowly making my way through cowboy bebop okay uh, uh i forgot that that series was so long for some reason i always thought it, i only thought it was like 15 or 16 episodes it's like 25 episodes long um but each episode's like 30 minutes so it's not horrible but no, so i've been going good. through that one um having a lot of weird flashbacks to like when i watched it in high school uh, so that's that's a fun memory lane I've been going down. Uh, but there's so many times that I like I keep thinking I know which direction the show is going and then it makes just like a hard left turn. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the story arc. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, too. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that, too. OK, yeah. so it's kind of nice to go down memory lane again and rewatch um, Cowboy Bebop. Um, but other than that, uh, my other big thing that I started and I think uh, Cleveland will be very proud of me 
is I'm finally playing Witcher 3. Oh my god, uh, finally. So it only took him three and a half years of bugging me, but I finally decided to play it. They just did um, a spec update of it too. Yeah, so like I'm definitely gonna go. I'm, I've been I've been slowly mer- working my way through it. Like I've said, I've been kind of busy over the last couple weekends, just going out and doing uh, social events and gatherings and whatever. Yeah. So um, haven't had too much time to play it, but definitely excited to get back into the Witchering world, especially after watching season two of The Witcher. Um, definitely excited to get into this and actually do all of the different dlcs that are included in it because i got the game of the year edition so i'll be able to play all of those and the other nice thing is i actually have it on my nintendo switch which allows me to cloud save it to my pc so then i can play it on my pc and then when i want to be more mobile i can save it to the cloud and play it on my switch so i can be so i can play it anywhere i will my one suggestion to you to play this game because it's really yeah. easy to forget in the beginning until you need something and you're like, shit, I should have been doing this all along. Is like from the very beginning, dude, like, I mean, from the very start, loot everything you fucking kill. Like, every time you kill off people, like, loot the shit out of them. Because, okay, yeah. Because, like, it doesn't seem that much, but all those, like, miscellaneous pieces of armor and, like, weapons, it adds up, dude, to when you get to a blacksmith and you're just like, damn, I'm short on cash, and you just, like, empty out your inventory, and before you know it, you're the richest dude in town. Yeah, because I think there was one time I was trying to play it a couple years back, and I, like, realized all of my armor was broken. Like, my (laughs) armor, like, every piece of armor I had was broken, including my swords were broken, and... I had no money to like fix it. And like, I was like, okay, how do I make money? And they're like, oh, you have to kill things. I was like, I can't kill things. I have a dull sword. Right. And so like, I would try to go, I would try to go fight things. And I swear I would have to hit it like a hundred times to get like half of its health down. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, this is, and I just got so frustrated. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to put this down and maybe come back to it at another time. Yeah, dude. When you like that. Yeah. That's my advice. Like loot everything. Cause like that shit will add up and you'll need it to get cash. But then also, the other thing okay so three things that was the first thing second thing is um when you get to a certain level like when you get to a level where like you're not worried about um like regular armor you're worried about like legendary class armor let me know dude because i gotta there's like a whole thing you gotta do to find like this sick like witcher exclusive armor and you gotta go like all around these confusing ass places but i've done it like a thousand times i know exactly where to go but like if you don't know where to go you'll never find it it's like let me know when you get to that point and i got you and then the last thing is when you get to the third dlc which is the one like where you travel to like their version of italy um Mm -hmm. you there will be something that'll you can finally get that's called like armor dye and it'll allow you to literally change the color of like any armor you get oh okay nice and it's badass Cause I think there was a time that you and I were playing destiny Two, And like, we legitimately would do nothing, but for like two hours, just f- screw around with the shaders on it. Yeah. And like, try to make our characters look like Batman. And then like, uh, I think for like an entire day, I kept referring to my character as Deadpool, even though I was orange and blue. And you're like, do you mean Deathstroke? And I was like, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. That guy. I remember that Batman. so well. <laughs> I, I, kept like, so I would well. be like, dude, look, look at my Deadpool armor. And you'd be like, that's not Deadpool. I'm like, yeah, it's Deadpool. And you're like, do you mean Deathstroke? And I was like, <laughs> yes, I do, because I'm a dumbass and I don't know the difference. Um, but yeah, no, I will definitely let you know when I get more into that. I'm considering streaming it on YouTube. Ooh, that's yes. an idea I thought, because yeah. then they actually get me to play it more and actually like be consistent with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I will let you guys know if I'm doing that. Um, I'll probably we'll probably put it on the socials on the twitters is that is that is that what you call it the twits the twitters the twitters sure (laughs) sure is that what is that how is old man steve saying it right i old man steve is doing okay um (laughs) okay oh that's better than what i was yesterday good um (laughs) no but anyway yeah no that's I'm excited for you, dude. And honestly, like, I don't know why I just want to go on this t- a quick tangent about, like, the whole Destiny thing, like, focusing way too much on, like, our gear. Like, for me, everyone has something that pulls them into, like, the fantasy genre. And for me, as much as I love, like, the cool abilities and all, like, the new world, like, the world building, all that shit. For me, like, I love fantasy stories where, like, 
they pay attention to like the fact that like i don't as much as i love solo leveling one of the things i didn't like about it is like it's just in our everyday world and like they're just wearing everyday clothes like i don't like that that's one of the things that rubs me wrong about tower of god sometimes too is like they're just wearing everyday clothes and like while i get like most people don't really care about that for me it kind of takes me out of the fantasy element so like I love fantasy that focuses on like we're going to give you some crazy out of the world armor where it's like you walk down, you know, uh, Hollywood Avenue or Hollywood Boulevard. People be like, what the fuck is that dude wearing? Or maybe they wouldn't in Hollywood. But, but like, yeah, maybe they just like, like, oh, he's, like, like, he's off to the American new Game of Thrones like, set. Right. <laughs> people be like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's what I want to see in my fantasy stories. So like. That's why, like, when we're playing, like, Destiny or something, I focus so much on that because I'm so pulled into, like, the distinct look that it's giving it. Yeah, no, 100%. And um, I think one thing we, we, we need to talk about solo leveling in another episode, but I think what oh, would yeah. be really cool is if in solo leveling they would look like in their normal clothes in, like, the everyday world, but the moment they went into a dungeon is when they would transform into like their actual gear and shit. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm, I'm like, I think that would be a lot cooler to the but... MC. No. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean by the, by the MC, but I just think like that would be kind of a cool transition. So you knew when they were in. Oh yeah. Kind of like the, normal like the story world. we're about to talk about now. Stormweaver with like the whole call and you know, uh, what's the other there's call and then there's, uh, damn, oh, it's I recall. forgot what the other command is. It's Fuck. recall. Isn't it? It's bothering me. Crit? Isn't it? Recall? Recall. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> See? You said it like three times, but yeah. Um, oh, I couldn't hear yeah, you. No, Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. No, yeah, because it's... But yeah, anyway, so uh, let us let us continue our adventures with uh, Soul Reaver. Soul, Storm Weaver. Soul, Soul Reaver is a vid. That's like a game from the 80s. Sounds like um, a cool name, though. It does. I think the box art was actually really sick, too. Um, anyway, <laughs> in Stormweaver, which is what we're talking about, um, where we left off was uh, Ray had the lovely conversation with the mind, uh, which I love that scene so much. Yeah. And the and so from there, I think from there, it kind of goes into like. I want to say from chapter six to eleven is kind of like a montage phase, I think, from when I was like rereading it, because mm -hmm. it's more or less a build up to when he actually gets. Yeah. His stuff, isn't it? Or yeah, it, it kind of is like for me um, and like we don't we don't have to do like a, a scene for scene breakdown like we did the last episode. We we're just kind of free flowing it. Um, yeah. Like in terms of like the elements that we like for me, like this kind of mini arc or whatever, what stood out to me was a um you kind of you 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 uh verify the fact that both ray and viv get cads um you find out a little bit more about like how the cads kind of operate um like because viv is the first one uh because it, it like they meet up after they've had their meetings with the mind or whatever and it's kind of funny because they're both like low-key fucked up in the head from it <laughs> yeah because like the entire time they're just trying to mentally like comprehend what they just went through but they were also told don't talk about this yeah and so that's like how do i mentally process what i just went through but then not talk about it right so then um <laughs> so then they go to like the next phase which is like they've officially passed the exam but passing we find out very quickly that like passing the exam doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna get a cad um which goes to show like how um like how much it means to get a CAD and like how special of a candidate you actually have to be to get one. And one of the things that stuck out to me was how, like when they get to like the next stage where like, they're going to list out the names of the people who are getting CADs. The, uh, one of the commanding officers is like, um, he's like, if you don't get a CAD refrain from like voicing your complaint until after all everyone else has been selected. And then he also talks about how, um, even though they're not getting a CAD, the very fact that they got to the stage that they're at means that even if they don't get a CAD, there's still going to be like a plethora of career opportunities for them in the military. And I thought that was yeah. so cool. And it goes to show like 
how hard this process is where it's like even if you don't get a cad the fact that you've come close to getting a cad means you're that stellar of a candidate that like you'll have plenty of jobs for you in in the military yeah and the other thing that they always mention um while he was going through that entire speech about it is he's like if you failed if you don't get a cad look back on your test and see what you can do to potentially adjust your like something you can do to fix it so that way the next time you come back to retake the test um you may pass it but the thing is is no one ever comes back to retake it right because they kind of already have made their decision and they're like we don't need uh like a second runner-up to this program if you didn't make it the first time you're done so like that's why like during the entire um scene where Raiden was being told that you didn't pass this. You didn't do the physical. You weren't physical enough to pass. He was just like legitimately breaking down because the the guy was trying to be like, well, maybe you can do this and retake it and redo this and then maybe work on your physical strength. And then maybe when you come back and retake it, like Ray wasn't even considering that. He's like, this is a one and done deal. Like there's no coming back to retake this test because no one ever passes it the second time either. Um, And so that kind of just shows you how strict it is and how i guess how well the military should be because they're only taking the best of the best from this point forward and and what i love about it too is um i love how it emphasizes like over and over again it emphasizes like the fact that like bro you're not at some like random public safe space you know sit around a campfire sing kumbaya college like liberal arts college bro you're in the fucking military what we say goes <laughs> like, yeah, like this, is, this is like this is pretty much like if everybody wanted to go to west point right and it, that was the only dream is everybody wanted into west point but like i love how um because one of the things and we know this steven we were young college students students once is like one of the like the hardest things about teaching college students is like we think we fucking know everything like you can't tell a shit you know what i mean it's like it's oh very, yeah 100% it's very easy for kids to go on their own like rant speaking over like the authority or like the teacher or counselor or whatever and like trying to like explain why things should go the way they want and what i love about this is every time you see a hint of that they shut it down quickly. Like, bro, I don't know where the fuck you think you are, but you're in the fucking military right now. Shut the fuck up and listen to what I'm telling you. <laughs> like, yeah, and like, even like the one these people complaining about war getting the cat and then the other officer just like destroys him. And he like he pretty much says, I know who you are. I know your family. I know your aunt works in this department i know your brother works in this department and your mother who works in this department would be very upset to hear that her her like son is acting up in this way to make a public forum for his failure and i'm sure she'll be very displeased and your your aunt will be even more offended and just completely destroys this kid to the molecular level and i love how he says it too like that's one of the things that's kind of like lost in our generation where like kids can like say whatever the fuck they want without consequences Mm -hmm. is like you lose like the creativity of a roast you know like like people oh, think yeah. like these days to roast someone, you just got to like swear a lot and say a bunch of like fucked up shit about them. It's like, no, like this officer just destroyed this dude's life in a way I don't see anyone. Like you see very few people get verbally destroyed and he didn't utter a single curse word. Like the part when he's like, he's like, you'll have to explain to your aunt like why her nephew came in here and was acting like a complete utter fool of himself. Like <laughs> I'm like, oh, and like you, fuck, he's going in on him. And that entire rant, I just pictured the kid just slowly lowering himself back into the seat with every like name, like with every like hint of at the end of every sentence that the sergeant was saying, just him slowly lowering himself back into the chair and shutting up because he knew he was being like completely owned at that moment. Right. I just the that that scene alone I thought was hilarious. Yeah. But and- then like the the big surprise of this whole scene, I think, was like because once you get your CAD, it they announce what rank you are right off. The yeah. There's no hiding this. Like they are just like you summit, like they do the call and they they bring it out and they tell you like everyone can look at you and they can like look at your specs pretty much and they know what rank you are. And I think everyone who got a CAD that day got had like D or better or yeah. Yeah, because the average is D four, 
Um, Viv was two above the average at D6, and then there was one other Saber who got a D7. But like those are considered yeah. exceptional. Everything else yeah. is like um like d0 anywhere between like d0 and d7 is what everyone's expecting to get yeah exactly and so then once once ray goes up there and he has like the he goes up he does the whole thing and like he's god ray this is like every moment where he feels like he's finally gonna like be big and strong he like crimp he like falls and looks weak and pitiful like he gets off the table after it's hits it the cat is installed and he just feels his legs just go out from under him and he just <laughs> falls in front of everyone and like the and of course the guys who are there helping with the installation process are like oh yeah you know some people have issues with you know the the uh the fusing of the cat to the human body or whatever and trying to like play it off like it's a normal process but like in in ray's head he goes i thought this would make me stronger i like i thought having a cat in my body would finally remove some of my weaknesses and make me and finally allow me to look strong in front of everyone else but of course he had another moment where the universe had another plan and just made him look weak and pitiful but then finally when he goes up to the general or the commander I can't remember if it was a general or sergeant or what rank he was. And he summons out his um uh his CAD. They're going down the list of all of his attributes, and they are the lowest of the low. It is legitimately F0, 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 F0. Like everything is. And like it's just you just feel like with every time they say F, it's just like another nail in the coffin for Ray. Yeah, he's like, finally, I thought I was going to have something and now I have nothing again. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, for a second, he wonders, like, (laughs) like, was the uh, mind just fucking with me? Yeah, exactly. Until they finally put this like, why would he put this false hope in me? It's like, how is this helpful? Like, what am I supposed to do with F everything? Like, I can't. How can I be the outlier that's going to solve the mysterious or solve this equation when you give me such a horrible hand right off the bat? yeah and then but then there's oh no go ahead no i was just gonna say then they don't say his final ranking right Mm because i don't think they mention what his growth is right so here's what happens and this is what was a really cool like the subtlety of the scene is ray like he he the uh, officer originally announces him what was he like f6 or some shit like that um yeah um and he announces him and then ray's like super disappointed by that but then remember under his breath so only ray can hear the officer says did you check out your specs yet and oh yeah that's right because and ray like looks at him kind of confused like why the fuck does he want me to check out my specs like he could see the officer's face like something wasn't normal about the way he said it but he's just thinking like god my specs will be trash like why what like what is, is this guy trying to fuck with me too and so Ray checks all of the specs. And like you said, there's, there are F zeros across the board, but then he does see his, his growth spec, which is the one thing that was different. And it lets us know that the officer knew that. And so the officer was like subtly trying to tell him without telling him like, Hey, don't be too down on yourself. Like read your specs. And there's going to be one in particular that will have you feeling very encouraged yep and uh, it's the finally the 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 spec uh or the the rank of of growth he actually has an s rank which is the highest rank possible that you can achieve as a cad yeah and he's just complete and he like sees it and the general sees him and he goes make sure be careful who you share this information with yeah because it's something that no one has ever gotten that right. that is not known not even the best of the best have ever gotten s anything everyone starts in like we said the d and like you know a little bit higher but like that's something that not anyone knows about and then also how he passed the test is also not known so it's like all these little like not secrets but just it seems like even though he is weak and he has his his mental or his health issues and he has a horrible CAD setup, but like he has these other things that are kind of balancing out the scale for him. Yeah. To allow him to be kind of a contender in the situation. And the and the 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 reason why, by the way, like like I for the first time I read it, and this is gonna this is on like my third time reading it now, but on my first time reading it, it was hard for me to kind of 
put myself in the position of like, why is everyone treating this like such a big deal? But the more I read the series and the more I started to understand it, like I can understand why right away, like off all the officers are low key freaking out by this S ranked growth, because it's like, like out of all the different specs that you can have, um, that the average CAD user has, the one that's the hardest to grow is, or the, the one that's hardest to, um, improve upon is your growth like that's the one that usually changes the least amount throughout someone's cad journey and like it certainly never starts off as good as s rank like occasionally like they said it's not unheard of for someone to get like a rank but even then if someone were to get like an a rank growth it would be kept hush hush like not many people would know about it it'd be considered like a government top secret pretty much and so for ray to have s like it's literally stating there is no limit to his growth potential. Like, as long as this person has a CAD, there will never be a peak to which you say he has stopped growing. Like, as long as he's drawing breath, he will have the opportunity to grow. Like, that is absurd <laughs> when you compare it to all the other specs and, like, what everyone else has to go through with their CADs. Like, to have the, exactly. have the ability to have unlimited growth, like, you cannot... Like words cannot describe how huge of a thing that is. Yeah, exactly. And like everyone else just thinks, oh, well, if I have a high attack or a high speed or a high defense, that's going to make me more um, kelp. That'll, that'll make me a stronger CAD user and I'll be able to get up in the in the in the fighting rings quicker and I'll be able to defeat my opponents quicker. But like it's these random buffs in uh, in random areas that you don't fully understand how much that'll affect um ray as a character because when you look at him and everything he and everything that he's gone through he's always been the one that's willing to you know fight through his struggles and fight through everything he's done like if you look at him from once he was a kid he's always had these like bone shards or bone splinters or pretty much he consistently has to have surgery and he has to have all of these operations done and he's always been weak and pitiful but he's never allowed that to stop him and it's never allowed him to actually um prevent him from what he actually wants to be able to do right and so with him having an s rank in his growth that's pretty much almost paving him a highway to be saying you can do you can now achieve all of those goals you've had right and this will help you get there and at first he doesn't see it that way he just feels like oh this is just a random spec for me to have s in yeah but in the future chapters we're going to see how that s ranking actually does change his way of looking at a lot of things in his life yeah and and from the mind you can understand the mind's thought process from like an experimental angle because what are the what's the thing that ray keeps talking about like the mind wants him to be his guinea pig and so you yep. can ray like fully articulates like what he thinks the mind is thinking and it makes a lot of sense the mind is thinking like we have countless situations of soldiers who are bred from the day they were born who are bred to be cad fighters they come from rich prestigious powerful families they have all the wealth and all the training and all the education in the world to be the best cad fighter they can be before they even get a cad and now you know once they get a cad you know whatever happens happens but he's like let's do a different situation let's have a situation where this kid is truly starting from zero no help no head start none of that he's starting from the bottom of the bottom all I'm going to change in his specs or all I'm going to manipulate in his specs is growth. I'm not going to manipulate a single other thing. I want to see someone who does not have any of the prerequisite, the prerequisite, you know, I don't know, um, advantages that some of these other people have had based off of their own, you know, life circumstances. Like he's not going to have any of that. He's going to start from the zero. Literally all he'll have is the potential to limitlessly grow. And let's see what happens. Yep, exactly. And then also with these like rich, prestigious families, they have tutors where right. it will help them train after they receive their CAD to then level up them even faster. But Ray doesn't have that access. And so his big goal in getting his CAD is he wants to go to Galen's uh, Institute which is like his him and Viv have the exact same dream of wanting to go to Galen's. And once he hears 
his rank of F, he's like, I'm not going to get into Galen's because without being able to get into Galen's, then you can't get access to the training systems or the different like courses that he could do on his own to help grow his stats. Uh And so first he gets his CAD and he's like, yes, I can now go to the school I want to go to. He gets his CAD and then he finds out his ranking and then he plummets back down to being like, well, now I can't go to Galen's because they only they only accept like a D six or higher and like how would i ever get in and so that's kind of been the new struggle where now he's trying to fight his own self-doubt of being like they won't accept me because i don't have the right cad ranking right so So i'll just have to end up in like some back alley you know (laughs) transport driver and that's all i'll ever be able to do yeah and like you said to your point about ray it's like every time he thinks he has a uh Every time he thinks he has something to be excited about, like something else just comes crashing down on him to like fuck with his confidence. And it's like, uh, it yeah. reminds me of Stephen when we first started like our old, old job, how we used to talk about like how like we could have oh, like God. 10 calls in a row that makes us feel like we know what the fuck we're doing. And then we just have that one call where it's like, all right, I'm getting fired today. yep it's like i honestly felt like that job just every other day i felt like there was just like an invisible ghost being like okay he's feeling good he's feeling good now smack him in the face because like it's just i would get off the phone or you would get off the phone and we would just look at each other and be like i'm I'm fired i'm done yeah i feel like ray's life is like constantly that like every time like there's that angel on his shoulder that's like giving him confidence there's like the devil on the other side that's like you ain't shit bro (laughs) exactly exactly and so like it's just like it just shows how how dynamic this character is to see how much he's gone through and it's like if any one of us has been in this situation we would we would have given up the day we were born yeah but sure enough he's like i'm gonna become a cat user i'm gonna be go to galen's i'm gonna go to all this other stuff yeah and i'm just like dude i would have given up after you know i i would be happy enough i got into a high school and then i would just be like well that's the that's the height of my life i'll just go on and dis- disappear into the ether after my days of living it's just like it's insane how much he's actually gone through and what he's battled for. And it yeah. just seems like he, his battles never over, even after he gets what he wants. There's still so many other things to do. And that's part of the reason. But that's also part of the reason why he's selected for his CAD is because of his, his thought process. Like one thing that you find out very quickly about Ray and like you find out in these early chapters, too, is like he doesn't just want to be like good enough, like he he's that rare person he's that rare character where it's like because you know how some people um when they come from like modest means they have modest expectations like that's not raiden like he comes from modest means but he wants it all he wants everything like he wants to get to the top of the top and then even farther higher like even higher if possible and so that's one of the reasons why the mine is like this guy is has what it takes to be a legendary cad fighter because it's not just about you know what specs he might get or the potential of his physical attributes it's also about his cognition like his mental aspect is so much different than like the average cad user that like he has the mental fortitude to really push himself to the top yeah exactly and so like even after um him getting his cad he like goes back to to Viv and like he's just like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apply to to Galen's like I'm there's no point I'll be rejected within a within a second of them reviewing my resume and Viv is sitting there being like no uh, still apply like you have to apply if you don't apply I won't apply and like it's kind of like they they made this promise to each other that like no matter what they're gonna go to Galen's and if they right. don't then neither one is and so like he eventually you know begrudgingly submits his you know application but he has no no belief that he's going to go to it mm-hmm. and i think one of my favorite scenes and there's 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 like i think like a whole chapter of like them discussing um like the actual board like the committee that decides who goes into galen's and like you know they're they're looking for the best of the best people who have a d6 rank or higher and um and like there's that whole chapter but then my favorite moment was when um ray actually gets offered to go to the school like he's, oh, yeah. he's given his acceptance letter mm-hmm. but of course since he's still working to pay off his dues for school he's you know he's signed up as a custodian and whatever and so he's working and lo and behold who should be there but lee his 
his best friend Lee God, what a and prick. his and his, and his little goons are there and uh they're like you know they they were like giving him a hard time being like you have no purpose to have a to have a, a cad you're the you're a you're a, you're you know a worthless pile of shit whatever <laughs> and so pretty much the entire time he was trying to get ray to swing at him so he could you know say he was doing self-defense or whatever so yeah. he was trying to make him use his cad but you know ray being the smart guy knew that you know that's illegal and he could get it taken away from him so he's not going to do it and so like he's sitting there getting you know pestered by um lee and lo and behold but who should come in but the the officer who's presenting him with his acceptance letter mm-hmm. and this this the person who gives him his acceptance letter tells him that you know oh you've been accepted into galen's yada 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 and then quickly like turns to be on the side of ray and explains to this guy like to lee and his little goons about how you know oh you know using your cat at outside of uh registered areas is a felony but with me being in the military of my rank those rules are slightly uh i forget i think she says like i have a they can slightly bend in my favor yeah and so i'm allowed to use them she's, when i want she's got some wiggle room she's got yeah she's got wiggle room with those rules and so like she's pretty much saying it's like if you want to fight somebody i'll fight you right and, and so obviously these guys quickly like you know stay like no we like, don't want that smoke no no because like we can't take on an actual user right. and so like they quickly like escort like run away and you know have their tail between their legs and you know the officer you know is chuckling to himself and quickly realizes oh i need to still look professional and and leave yeah. um but I thought that scene was amazing. I oh, love yeah, because Ray knew. And again, it shows. Um, remember what I said last episode about Raiden being like a remarkably perceptive individual? Yep. As mm-hmm. weird as that scene was for him and like as surreal as it was for him, Raiden, like Raiden is one of those characters in like if it, 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 it'll infuriate you as a reader, but you understand it because I've, I've gone through it myself just like as an individual. I'm sure you have, Steven, where like your first instinct is correct but you don't dwell into it because you think, oh, like I'm overthinking it or, you know, I'm off topic and you start thinking about something else. Raven knew there was some fuckery going on with that officer when he first like laid eyes on her because he was like there, he said something along the lines of like, her voice doesn't fully like match her face. Like something weird is going on with this person, but he kind of like ignores it. Like, oh, I'm just overthinking it. Like, I'm just happy to be accepted into Galen. And it's only until after that scene happens that officer like goes to the side and we find out that officer is actually Valera Dent in disguise. Yep. The, the Valera Dent, the, the iron Bishop from the beginning, from the prologue of the book. Who is yeah. So Steven, you want to actually fighter. take a second to explain to the readers who Valera Dent is? Cause she's someone that we got introduced to in the first chapter, but at this point it's not someone that people would necessarily know to point out unless we explain like her importance. Yeah, so Valera Dent was, if you, from the prologue of the book, uh, Valera Dent was a CAD fighter um, on the circuit, and she was actually, like, one of the best. I think she had a record of, like, I don't I, I forget, I think it was, like, over, like, 50 battles, but she had only lost three of them. Yeah, she was them. a... She was a night class or S rank night class CAD fighter. And from all yeah. I can tell from what I've learned about the story so far, like, night class means, like, you're heavy shit. Yeah, like she she pretty much I think the best way to describe it is kind of like when she was fighting, she almost looked more like an Iron Man person because she was like zipping around the arena. Um, But she has like an extremely as as Cleveland stated, she's an S rank, which means she's pretty much top tier. But she also has um, the ability of having these like almost like, I don't know, like angel wings come out the back of her, which kind of like allows her to like levitate off the ground which allows her more uh movement and mobility to allow her to be quicker and faster and which then allows her to kind of have a one-up on her competitors yeah she to me she's easily the coolest character we've met so far there's another one that i won't spoil for you steven that you're gonna meet later who is just a fucking awesome character and he's got spin-off stories written all over him but uh Valera like she is as cool as it gets and what I love about her is like I don't know like how to explain it like she like what her accomplishments speak for themselves but it's when you're in her presence that you really understand 
like how epic of an individual this is because of the way she carries herself and how she speaks to people. Yeah, exactly. Like she is definitely somebody who does not hold back. Like she speaks her mind. She like she will she won't be, I, I guess, not rude, but she pretty much says things how they are. She doesn't sugarcoat anything. By she doesn't. Way, Steven, this is so I just want to I just want to test you on this. I'm sorry I'm calling you out in front of like all our listeners and shit. Oh, whatever. But, That's it's bound to happen eventually. But I just wanted to test you. <laughs> Did you or did you not get the the subtle hints that were thrown away? I don't really think they're that subtle, but if you weren't looking for it, you you could have missed it. You 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 do know who she's dating, right? Oh shit. <laughs> you didn't catch it. I don't think I did, but I might have. She's dating Maddie. The assistant Madeline? No, bullshit. Yeah, she's dating Maddie. Um, you remember when Madeline pulls up the images on Raiden and Blair is like, I'm gonna have to thank her for that later. That's right. Shit. <laughs> I do remember that scene now. Which, which is awesome, by the way. I shipped the fuck out of them because I'll tell you, Blair, Blair Dent, just the way that she's portrayed. I can fully understand every man or woman who comes in front of her just absolutely falling in love. Like she is just a badass character. Yeah, exactly. No, that that's crazy. I think I remember reading that part, but I just I guess I just didn't register it in my head. I didn't register it either until later. Like you'll you'll probably register it yourself, Stephen, later when you start listening to other scenes. But I remember when I first saw that first scene, I was like, oh, they must be good friends. And then like later when other scenes came, I was like, oh, they're not friends. They're they're those kind of friends. Those are the special (laughs) friends. Um, But no, the the follow up part to this part where after um, Ray leave or after Valera Dent leaves where Ray is to like, you know, sit and be in, you know, just kind of process the fact he's in Galen's. He then quickly realizes, oh, shit. I need to tell Viv like right away. Right. And sure enough, there's like three missed calls from Viv. And so he calls Viv and like Viv is like freaking out saying, Oh my God, I got in like the, the they were just here. They just gave me the thing. And like, she's just like, fr- like rambling. And, um, and then like uh, Ray says something of like, yeah, no, the officer was really nice. She was kind of pretty too. And she was like, yeah, no, the officer was great. She's like, like she was really pretty. And then like, she just slowly trails off. Yeah. And there's just a moment of silence. She goes, wait, how did you know it was? A right. Guy? Like, how the fuck does he know that? <laughs> and then he just slowly, like, shy, like, just, like, playfully holds up his Galen letter. And she just loses her mind. I was laughing my ass off. Like, when that part happened, I had I was just laughing. I was like, I would do the exact same thing. Like, oh, I would sure, mess dude. with people all the time. But no, I just, I just like that, that much, like, how it was portrayed in the audiobook, beautifully done. Like, oh, absolutely. Gorgeous. I loved it. And, and it was and- just so well done. And it was so accurate to like a friend's reaction. Like I'll never oh, forget yeah. when I got like that acceptance letter to the University of Arizona being like, oh, we got you in. Like my friends were like more, uh, how do I put it? They were like more engaged with what was going on than me. Like they're like, let me see the letter. Let me see. And they're reading it like it's them. And I'm like, yo, give me my shit back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you know those are your true your true friends when they're when they are your freaking hype squad and right. they're just like sitting there like being like, oh yeah, my dude's going to freaking Arizona, motherfucker. Right. Exactly, dude. It's crazy. But like, I thought that it did a really good job of showing that. And also, before we forget or before I forget, um, I I just want to just in case people think we might be like jumping a little too. Uh, quickly um we we briefly touched on it but i just want to give a quick kind of main talking points of what happened in the previous chapter or what happened before like the whole galen thing so before ray actually gets into galen they have to decide whether they want to accept him like all of like the administrative board or whatever and valera pretty much has to convince all of them to let him in and I thought what well, was really cool, and I honestly, one of the most well-done scenes in that book, even though there are several well-done scenes, but one of my favorite is how Valera, like, I won't go through, like, the details, um, but she pretty much thinks of every possible reason to, like, get, bring uh, Ward or bring Ray into Galen. And eventually she convinces them, but there was one trump card that she left off. 
that she never mentions. She mentions it to herself like, oh, I convinced them I didn't even have to use this final trump card. And what the trump card was and what would have made everyone except Raiden by default is um, next to his like assignment or like his status – uh there's a note that comes from headquarters which is pretty much means it's coming from the mine itself and it's next to it and it labels him as top priority yep exactly and i just like i love that scene because like everyone that's there they're like going through like all the different students and they always keep like kind of looking over at valera yeah because they're like she's gotta she's gonna say something right she's way too quiet right now it's like why is she saying oh and then once ray pops up she just kind of like sits up in her chair and they're all like god damn it this one's gonna be a fight (laughs) and so and just like her just like laying out those like reasons like what about this and what about this and what about this just like laying out those trump cards and just being like proving all of her points and they're like fine fine we'll let him in and she's like oh i guess i'll hold on to this one right like i thought that was such a that was such like a chess move that never had to be made. <laughs> yeah, it just shows how well prepared she was for this entire exactly. meeting. And it also she, goes to she show, didn't even like, have to try that hard. It also gives us like a fictional peek inside of what it's like to get accepted to these, you know, big time schools like in the real world. Like, like, I understand why she had to jump through so many hoops in this scene, explain it to us, because like this isn't some run of the mill average academy. This is arguably the greatest academy in the entire system yeah exactly like it's this not is gonna not be easy something... getting people in <laughs> nope exactly but like and then to kind of like go forward after after like um ray is uh is like his his note i think is updated and he now has access to the um the training modules or whatever because i don't think he got that upgrade until he actually goes to galen but um, right so for the rest of the summer or quote unquote summer, yeah, before they give it to him to- as like a reward or things he could catch up on before like school actually starts. Yeah. But like so then for the rest of the summer, all he does is train, I think. Mm-hmm. And so then he's just legitimately doing the same training modules over and over and over again, just so he can slowly increase his stats to make him look a little bit better when he goes to Galen. So instead of being an F, he'll be an E or whatever. Right. Um, And so he's like just trying to push him up a little bit. So that way, when he gets in, they're not like, oh, well, how did an F ranker get in here? Like we only accept D or better. And so he's trying to like make him look a little bit sooner or look a little bit better when he gets there. No, in that, in that, in, in, and like to your point, Valera, like she's already understood that um like she's followed Raiden enough to know like his work ethic and how hard he's gonna work at it. So she knows that'll be more than enough time to get him somewhat up to speed. Like she knows it won't be nearly enough to get where she like wants him, but she knows if she just gives him that, like he's gonna make the most of it. And um another thing that was really cool is dr- she actually is like keeping such a close close tab on him. She notices that Ray went from like the F ranks to the E ranks. Like, yeah, in, like really in, quickly. In, in the amount of time it took them, like in between him applying to Galen and them deciding whether or not they were going to accept him, he had already like upped his rankings. Yeah, exactly. With um, no help. Yeah, like by himself. Yeah, so, like, that's like, definitely like, like shitty thing. simulations that you were mentioning. <laughs> Yeah, so it's pretty much like going instead of going to college, you're going to YouTube.com. Um, <laughs> hey, man, YouTube taught me how to ta- tie a tie. So, hey, you know what? You, YouTube is a beautiful thing, and I think everyone should utilize it. I'm not but even I think kidding. This... Me. I, I mean, I, I'm not even kidding, dude. YouTube, like, literally waking up the day before like a serious job interview only to realize, like, I don't know how to tie my own fucking tie. Oh, God, that's like a terrifying moment. Like, but I think on that YouTube nightmare. video, it it walked me through it. Now I'm a tie professional. <laughs> hey, there you go. As long as it wasn't a bow tie, I could I could have helped you. Oh, like, no, I, can't. I, I don't bow, know. Uh, bow ties I, are like weird, like cloth origami. I don't understand it. I'm more Jason Bourne, less James Bond. I got you. I'm more garbage pile than <laughs> um, sewer, really. Uh, but that's just me. <laughs> <sighs> Alrighty, but yeah, no, I think this is kind of a good stopping point because this is kind of like the build up to when agreed they actually go to Galen's, which I think Galen's is kind of like its own thing. But there's one I think aspect of the uh the next couple chapters that we're going to talk about that I'm really excited for. Oh, absolutely! Because I think there's a really and great scene. One there. person in particular, I'm just going to throw it out there, um, because you know me, Stephen, you know how I am about like. 
people who are perceived as antagonists. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I secretly have an evil brain or something, but like I always flock towards them. And you, yeah. so you already know, dude, uh, Logan Grant. <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to say freaking Logan Grant. I that's my guy. <laughs> I oh can't wait God. till we get introduced to him and we can talk about him because that is my dude. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm more of uh oh who's a uh, uh, catcher. Catcher is my dude. Oh, I love I catcher. Love... Yeah, catcher's the man. Catcher is he is just like that sweet hype. He's just that awesome hype dude who would just be like always hanging out with you. You know oh, what I God. always imagine when I see catcher is I think of like a really really young Matthew McConaughey. I could kind of see that. I was gonna say or yeah, like a really like a young, young Owen Wilson. I yeah no that's actually like a per- oh my god now I just not I'm just oh wow like that's all I'm gonna think now because I, <laughs> I just think of like shaggy blonde hair you know what I mean and, and to me it kind of makes me think of like actually like shaggy from Scooby yeah. <laughs> but more of like not a stoner more of a surfer yeah like that's just who I think of whenever I whenever he's talking I was like god I just think of shaggy dude he's hilarious uh, dude there's one scene and we'll get to it like when we talk about it more but there's one scene, and you haven't gotten to it, Steve, and it comes up later. But I promise you, when it happens, you're going to die of laughter. Like, there's just one scene where, like, Catcher acts really excited about something, and Ray is, like, just as excited, but he tries to, like, play it off as cool. And Catcher, like, immediately calls him out on it. And it's the funny, like, it might be oh. the funniest line in the entire series or the oh, entire man, story so far. <laughs> I can't wait for it. Awesome. Well, guys, hey, thank you for everyone who checked out our first episode on Stormweaver. Um, shout out to everyone on the subreddit for who came over and checked it out. Um, and also just a huge shout out to uh, Bryce O'Connor for allowing us to kind of share some of our thoughts and our ideas about the story and what we love about it. Um, just, you know, I can't wait to see what comes comes next in the series. So, yeah. Um, so thank you guys for checking it out. And if you do enjoy it, please feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or ideas of things that we may have missed that you thought were actually like really cool um, sections of the this these first couple chapters so far. Yep. Yep. I, I couldn't say it any better myself. And so, Steve, um, for the next uh, episode, just so we can give our uh, listeners a heads up, we, we are going to just just dive straight into part three. Yeah, no, I think so. To be honest, like with with how far like with where we ended here, I think just going directly into the next part would be perfect. Okay, perfect. Yeah, awesome. And guys, um, Stephen kind of mentioned it. He did a really good job mentioning it earlier, but I'll just reiterate it. This one, this review, like they're not all going to be the same in terms of how much detail we give and like how structured we are. We're really just doing it based off of like what plot elements we really liked. And so in the the first uh chapter one through five it was just filled with elements that like we couldn't speak like we couldn't talk enough about whereas the six through 11 was more of kind of them slowly doing a little bit more world building while they get us to like the juicy parts which is him like actually in the academy so that's why we didn't dive into as much detail about some of the elements just because at least for us reading they just weren't there the way that they were for previous chapters but don't worry because part three will have a lot of those juicy tidbits back and we'll have plenty to speak about yeah exactly perfect well um yeah and i think we're gonna so we ended around chapter 11 so we're probably gonna do if anyone's like following along with us and reading at the same time um i think we're just gonna do the next five chapters so 11 to 16 Yep. I think sounds perfect. perfect. Awesome. All righty, guys. Well, until next time, uh, we will see you on the next one. All right. See you guys. <laughs>